Hello, and welcome back to Dark Stories from the Campfire. For this episode, we tell the tale of a violinist who finds themselves taking center stage. We present to you the Violin Suite. The symphony house was on the verge of collapsing when the violinist took the stage and bowed. Electricity had long since been cut off to the hall, being redirected to other parts of the town. This was of very little concern to the violinist, for the grand ceiling had begun to crack and large pieces had tumbled to the dusty velvet seats below, allowing enough light to illuminate the stage. The violinist took a deep breath and looked out at the small audience, who had been quiet since their arrival. For tonight's opening number, the violinist announced loudly and clearly, I will be performing Violin Concerto No. 5 in A by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Again, the violinist looked out at the crowd, breathing deeply, feeling their eyes. At length, the violinist tucked their instrument beneath their chin, placed the bow upon the strings and played. In the quiet hall of falling dust, music reverberated from the walls and sunk into the audience. After a few measures, everything around the violinist melted away, becoming lost in the background. Hurry, hurry, we are going to be late. The mother pulled tighter on the child's hand, pulling them forward. He is the last teacher in town. But as quickly as the mother was pulling the child, she quickly stopped. The child looked up at their mother, following her gaze towards the symphony house, where workers were busy sweeping and cleaning, getting the front ready for that season's opening night. The mother pointed, See, she said, looking up at the grand edifice, not at the child. You will play there someday. Yes, once this is all over. The two of them lingered for a few minutes longer before the child found themselves once again being pulled behind their mother. Ten minutes later, the child was being pulled up a flight of narrow stairs and into a small room, where sitting opposite an empty bed with a violin case was a blind elderly gentleman with a long beard, resting his head upon his cane. The only words the elderly gentleman spoke that day were to the child's mother after she apologized for being late. Seems no use now, huh, the gentleman said. Better off learning to fire a rifle like the rest of them. The mother simply nodded, knelt down, kissed her child, and promised to be back in an hour. For some time, the old man and child were silent, till finally the child noticed the old man's cane being pointed at the violin case at the bed. Popping open the locks on either side of the case, the child's eyes grew wide in amazement for they had never seen anything so beautiful lying before them. Quickly the child turned towards the old man, who nodded without looking at the adolescent, allowing the violin to be removed from the case. No sooner had this been done, when the blind man began tapping the bottom of the cane upon the floor, keeping time much like a metronome. For the remainder of the hour, the tapping continued, only stopping from time to time till the old man could shake his head at the child, and the random screeching that emitted from the violin. Later that afternoon, while crossing back across the town square, the child's mother was filled with happiness and questions. The child remained silent throughout the inquiry, not knowing how to answer the questions. But then suddenly, I have a surprise for you when you get home, the mother beamed, looking over her shoulder at the child. They walked the rest of the way briskly, and other than looking at the child when asking questions, or nodding ever so often to a group of soldiers slumped against the building walls, the mother's eyes pointed towards the ground. But as soon as they entered their house, 
light flushed back into the mother's cheeks. She quickly withdrew herself to the kitchen, only to return a few moments later holding a flat, square, brown package. I found this for you today. Would you like to listen? The mother asked, looking into the child's eyes, who only nodded back. Excited, the mother flew to the record player and lowered the needle. For a few moments, there was nothing but scratching sounds. But then, a few lonely notes came from the speaker, floating gently across the living room before being swallowed by a wall of music the child had never heard before. The child listened intensely as the wall gave way to single notes that wandered back and forth, longingly, only to be, once again, overtaken by a barrage of stringed instruments. Did you know your grandmother loved to play Mozart? The mother asked out loud. Then turning to face the child continue, it's true. When I was your age, when I was sad, you would play and play. Turning back towards the record player, the mother wiped a few tears from her eyes. Once a week over the course of the next seven years, the violinists visited the blind old man across town for violin lessons. And every evening after the lesson, before dinner, the mother would ask them to show her what they had learned to play for her. The violinist was always glad to, for not only had they become quite gifted at the instrument, but was also happy it took their mother away from the radio and the constant news bulletins of evacuations that depressed her so much. And it was only on these nights of the lessons that the mother seemed to be alive and talkative. The rest of the week she barely spoke. Then one day the blind man was not in the room for lessons. This was not too surprising for the violinist, for he had been expecting this for some time. Still, the absence made him sad, though, and they found themselves walking slowly back to the house. Passing the barricades and tanks, the violinist stopped and stared up at Symphony Hall. They couldn't remember the last time they had really looked at it. All indications of his former glory had been removed and melted away. The large, beautifully sculpted doors, which were themselves over a hundred years old, had been removed, most likely broken down and transformed into something else bit by bit. Where once a towering, glittering hall once stood, with lines running around the block opening night, was now tired and old. The violinist pulled his head down and continued home. When he entered the front door, the mother was frantically running back and forth to the bedroom to two large suitcases in the living room, piling clothes into each one. The mother, barely looking at the violinist, quickly said, We must hurry. We are to be evacuated immediately. Why? What has happened? The violinist asked. We were told they were not going to cross into this part of the country. The mother, not slowing down at all, responded, They have. Grab what you can. Wasting no time, the violinists joined their mother in racing around the house and tossing anything that might be of value to wherever they may be going into the suitcases. After about 20 minutes, the two stood over the suitcases, asking each other if they were sure certain items had been collected. When they finally sure they had everything, the cases were locked and set upright. The violinists turned towards their mother, having a second to collect their thoughts and was about to ask where they were to go. But as soon as their mouth was open, they heard the sirens go off. Both of their eyes filled with terror, as they soon heard airplanes flying above them. The violinists picked up one of the suitcases and made their way towards the door. Turning towards their mother to see if she needed any help, the wall in front of her suddenly collapsed inward. 
At first it seemed like time had slowed down, for they saw their mother look back at them as Brick tumbled down, only to be sped up as both the side of the house and their mother were propelled towards the opposite side of the wall. The violinists quickly covered their head as ceiling fell down upon them. The next day, the violinists woke up, dazed. Pushing the debris off them, they stumbled into the street and then into the town square, still confused as to what just happened. The square was empty, save a few barricades turned over and lying in shambles. Buildings that once lined the street were now in ruin, and everywhere there was silence. Gaining clarity with each step, the violinists stumbled further into the square, where, almost by chance, they found themselves standing in front of the symphony hall, which had miraculously survived the attack, though only barely. It was here the violinists remembered their mother and raced back to the house and dug through the wreckage to find her. It would be close to an hour before they were able to clear enough the crumbled house away to recover her body. For several minutes, the violinist would sit there, holding the mother, rocking back and forth, before standing upright and carrying his mother's body into the town square and towards Symphony Hall, where he made his way down the empty aisleway and propped her body up in the front row, facing the stage. No, the violinist whispered to themselves, not alone. The violinist would make several more trips out into the fallen houses and buildings, each time bringing back another body they recovered from the wreckage, and soon had an audience of about a dozen people. Backstage in a closet, an old violin was found in good condition. After making the necessary arrangements with the instrument, the violinist took a deep breath and entered the stage, announcing, For tonight's opening number, I will be performing Violin Concerto Number no. 5 in A by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. In the quiet hall of falling dust, music reverberated from the walls and sunk into the audience.